In today's reading of Unwind Your Mind Back to God, written by David Hofmeister and read by Tarana Singh, we continue with Book 1, Laying the Foundation. This is Chapter 3, Section 4, A New Interpretation, Part 4, Talking About the Script and Linear Time. David, we are talking about coming to this purpose. This purpose is so denied. I use the analogy of a skyscraper, where the purpose is the light in the basement. That is the Holy Spirit's purpose. It is so buried and covered over. That is why it takes a lot of practice to let go of our investments. As long as we have expectations, they cover over that purpose. Friend, but I am still wanting to back it up again because I am still making the choice for peace. Both of these are peaceful. I am still making the choice. Friend, I hear what you are saying. Is there a sense that if you were really at peace, you would feel that what would occur is that when you pulled into a parking place, there wouldn't be anybody upset about it? David, our friend has a point, a key point. That is what the workbook is trying to teach the mind that cause and effect are not separate. In other words, there are no hypotheticals. The ego doesn't like that. When we get into all of our examples, including the example of the parking spaces, we are out into the hypothetical what-if. Friend, it is the ego saying, what if? David, if we took it that way, we would have to have a formula or we would have to have a giant book or something, a huge catalogue, 4,899,000,000 situations. You can see the variables are endless. It really gets back to the sense of simplicity that prayer. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. Text chapter 2, section 5. Now that is a principle. In the moment we will be guided. Ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? It is always helpful to monitor your own reactions and your own emotions right in the moment. How are you feeling right now? Friend, if I will be guided, am I guided according to how the script is written? David, 
I will give you another line. The Course says, You do not need guidance except at the mind level. Text Chapter 2, Section 6 That is where you need it. In other words, bodies do not get guidance. Minds get guidance. If you are really open and willing, you will be guided. Friend, when you say that the script is written, do you mean that the script is written on the mind level? David, in the perceptual form, everything has already happened. Written is past tense. Jesus comes at it from the angle, from the same angle, when he says in workbook lessons 5, 6 and 7, I am never upset for the reason I think. I am upset because I see something that is not there and I see only the past. I see only the past is literally restating that the script is written. What the mind perceives when it perceives bodies and cars and stars and airplanes and rugs is all the past. And the reason why it gets very upset about the past is because it believes that the past is not over. Friend, so the script is written means that we only see the past. David, yes. Friend, that is what that means. David, that is it. Friend, I got it. David, and when is truth available? It is always available now. Whenever you are upset about what is the past, you obviously do not believe that the past has gone. Otherwise, why would you be upset? Really, the course is just the path to help us see that the past is gone. Let's take it another step further because we have only gotten to Lesson 7. Lesson 7 explains the first seven lessons and Lesson 8 is My mind is preoccupied with past thoughts. Now we are getting to the thought level. The only reason I am seeing all these shadows of things in form is because in my mind I have these dark thoughts that are like a projector. The light shines and here are the dark thoughts, the projector, and here are all the forms on the screen. Do you know what happens if you let go of the dark thoughts? Light. You have just pure light because there are not any obstructions to it. That is the escape. The escape is lesson 23. I can escape from the world I see by giving up attack thoughts.
He works all the way up to the first twenty-two to bring it to that. So really, it gets to be simple. All I have to do now is to get in touch with those attack thoughts and not be afraid of them. I have to be able to raise them to awareness and look at them and see them for what they are. A bunch of backward thoughts and then let them go. That is what salvation is. It is that simple. Friend, I was watching a TV series on the brain and on memory. The neurosurgeon made an interesting point that without memory, we have no sense of self, which I think is delicious because that is what we are really trying to do, to shed this sense of self that comes from the ego. Without it, we just are. They said, it is memory that makes us look back. David, yes, the word memory is usually associated with the past. There is a section in the course called The Present Memory, in which Jesus says that memory is an ability that you made after the separation. But he says, you can use it to remember the present. This is a reinterpretation because of the mind's associations. Memory, past, and past, memory. Reading that section gives you a new way. The present moment is revelatory. It is pure light. It is not perceptual. It does not have anything to do with images or form. The mind is really terrified of remembering the present. That is why it keeps trying to hang on to the past. Friend, when you can come to a point where you can see or remember the present, do you still see the script? Do you still see the past? David, the present is the holy instant, and in those revelatory points you do not even perceive. Jesus calls them the great rays, with a capital G and a capital R. He describes it another way in the I need do nothing section. It says, At no single instant does the body exist at all. It is always remembered or anticipated. Text chapter 18, section 7. In other words, when you think, How will so and so react? You are using thoughts that are projected out in the future. And when you think about 
what seemed to happen in the past, like how some, someone reacted to you, etc. You see how it is always the past or the future. But the present is pure light. It is literally an experience of revelation or the holy instant. It is not even perceptual in that sense. Friend, I do not understand memories. Here it is present when it is just said it is past. So what is the memory for? David, the Holy Spirit, the light is buried and there are dark layers, past memories stacked because the mind is afraid of the light. The light is the present. Our gateway to eternity is the light of the Holy Spirit. That is a memory that is buried very, very deeply in the mind. The whole world, the whole self-concept that the mind constructed was made to forget that light. That is the reason why the mind has to completely cease judging before it can remember the light. The metaphor of peeling an onion kind of gives us the idea of a process. But all of the layers of the onion are the same. The ego is like a tree trunk. Here are the branches of the tree. The ego and the branches are identical. And until you see that the branches and the trunk are identical, you can go through a lot of twigs thinking thoughts like, it seems like I have a belief in time and space and concepts of size, concept of bodies, etc. Those are like all the limbs and the branches and the twigs. But the instant that the mind can see that the image maker, the trunk, and the images are identical, then it is dispelled. It is the self-concept that makes it seem like you are attached to a body or a car or a person or a job. Those are all the branches and the limbs. But the mind does not want to look at what it is that made up all the branches and limbs. Who is this I that is so attached to this body and so attached to different people and everything? Ultimately, you have to get back to the image maker. You can count those images forever. 499 billion. It just seems like there are all of these images. But ultimately, we have to get back to the image maker.
And when the mind can see that the image maker and the images are the same, what is it that can see that? It has to be a very clear mind, a mind that is not deceived in any way, a mind that has now stepped back from the image maker. Friend, can a partially clear mind see this? David, it would not be partially at the instant it sees. You either see or you do not see. Friend, it seems like I, for a moment, can have a clear mind and see something. I keep trying to unravel this stuff with the ego and it makes me feel crazy. But when I can remember that Oh, there is a Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I want you to see this part of what is going on right now. Then, all of a sudden, I can feel the peace come in. But I do not feel that I can always maintain that clarity. David there is a section in the course called The Immediacy of Salvation Text Chapter 26 Section 8 If you really follow Jesus' thinking in that section, it makes a lot of sense. He asks why God would put your salvation in the future. When you stop a minute and think about it, that is what the, de the deceived mind believes in this world. Okay, now I'm reading this course, and if I, if I do this enough, and if I really practice this enough, then eventually, in the future, I will achieve salvation, or the totally clear mind. Why would God place salvation in the future? Wouldn't that be cruel? If God gave you salvation, would he not have put it in the present instead of in the future? Would it not be cruel for God to hold out a carrot and say, Ha, 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 you will get it in another millennium friend. Oh, we make that future. It is obvious that salvation must be present. The problem is accepting it. And that is the only problem I have. David. Time is a projection of the ego. It is made up. But it is not always helpful to say it is just an illusion in the sense that you could use it as a kind of denial while you still believe you are in it. The course gives us a stepping stone towards realizing that time is but an illusion. 
it does the same thing that it does with everything, with the body and relationships and everything else. It says, Okay, you made time. The Holy Spirit can use time too. He can use everything you made. You made a world. He can use it to lead you out of it. You made bodies. He can use them. How do the Holy Spirit and the ego each use time? The ego wants to promote a linear view of time. The Holy Spirit is teaching us that there is one time now. And the ego says, No, there is the past, and here is the present, and there is the future. It is helpful to really look at what else the ego says about time, which is basically that you are guilty in the past. You are a body. Look at all the things in your life that you did not do and should have done and look at all the things that you have done and should not have done. Look at all the things back there that you feel guilty about. Basically, the ego says, You have got it. You are guilty in the past. There is no doubt about that. Now it says, And the present is just a gateway to the future. You have been guilty in the past. You cannot do anything about it in the present. And you are going to be guilty in the future. Hell. Hell awaits you in the future. A fearful world awaits you in the future. The ego's linear idea of time basically says that you will pay in the future for the sins that you have committed in the past. It is helpful to see the role that pleasure and pain play in this. Both pleasure and pain reinforce that the body is real. This is the sneaky trap about pleasure. The ego asks, Didn't you like that? Think back to that experience in the past. Whatever it was that you associate your mind with that was pleasurable, it can be anything. Think of a really pleasurable event. Now, don't you want to repeat that event in the future? That is how the ego makes linear time continue. You had pleasure in the past. And if you do such and such, and such and such, you can repeat that in the future. That is how linear time continues. The mind still believes 
that there is something valuable in the past that it wants to repeat and strive for in the future. That keeps linear time going. We have talked about how pain and pleasure are just two sides of one coin. It is impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and not find pain. Text chapter 19, section 4 The ego does not want that idea to be brought into awareness. You may even feel some resistance starting to come up in yourself right now. It is because that is an idea that is very important to maintaining linear time. And it is very important to the ego that the mind does not make the connection. It is one of those things that the deeper you go, the more you start to see. Have any of you read in the course the term Attraction to Guilt? Text chapter 19, section 4. On the surface, that seems ludicrous. Attraction to guilt? Why would I want to be attracted to guilt? Guilt is what I want to give up. And yet, why did Jesus use so many pages to talk about it? Because when the mind is in the deceived state, it is actually attracted to guilt. It wants to use it to perpetuate itself. In this world, it is pursuing pleasure and avoiding pain. That is what it means to have pretty good judgment. To know the things that are good and pursue those and avoid the things that are painful. And what the Course is basically saying is, My child, your mind is very twisted. You have a lot of darkness in it. And you cannot even tell the difference between the two. There is this thing called joy that has nothing to do with anything physical. It is completely intrinsic. It kind of wells up from within. Your joy comes from fulfilling your function and when you are listening to the Holy Spirit and you are being truly helpful, you will feel a joy that is so intense and indescribable. Doing the Father's will is indescribable happiness. Those other things which seemed to bring you happiness, those little bits of pleasure, 
those little bits of fleeting things that you grasp for in the world. They will fade from your awareness because that joy will expand. Now that I can go for. If you just take the first part of the equation about pleasure and pain, it is like, hey, what is in it for me? When you say, joy is in it for me, that is what we are moving toward. That is the positive experience. Also, if you think you really know what pleasure is and you are really sure that you have experienced it and you have something in mind that you want to repeat to get that back, there is deprivation involved in the interval between now and the time you can get it. Maybe you would like a drink and maybe there is a certain kind of drink or beer or soda that you are thinking about as you are going down the street to the pub. Friend, your mouth open wa opens wide. David, yes, just by thinking about it. There is a sense of lack until ah, like in that old Fresca commercial. Fill your senses and then blow it away. You can see that there is a sense of deprivation or lack involved until that sensation will be satiated by some external thing. Friend, I think the most common one we can talk about is sex, using the body for the seeking of pleasure, or even eating candy. It is not that different. I love red-hot candy. Sometimes I bite my lip. All I can feel is pain. It is an ego gimmick. If I am feeling pain, I cannot be at peace. I used to wonder why I banged my finger or something. What has that got to do with me feeling separated from God? It has a lot to do with it. This is part of the ego's smoke screen for me. If I can hone in on peace when I get up in the morning, that is my function during the day. If I pick up a piece of hot candy and eat it, I have lost my function. It is ridiculous, 
but I do not hone in on peace while my mouth is munching. I have to get away from the body. Friend, that is what I find. It does not matter if it is pleasure or pain or sex or security. It is all seeking. You know, it is project and pursue. I am just chasing my own carrot. David, seek not outside yourself. Text, chapter 29, section 7. You have every right to happiness. That is your inheritance. But you cannot look for it on the screen. It is within you. It is the Holy Spirit's purpose. And about pleasure and pain? Let's face it. In this world, pain and pleasure seem to be very different. Experientially, they seem to be very different. So what makes them single or unified? They are two things that share the same purpose. That is what makes them the same. How do pain and pleasure share a purpose? They both reinforce the body as being real. It is the same thing whether you are in ecstasy eating something you love or you have a throbbing headache. Is God in your awareness with one extreme or the other? <laughs>